attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. I'm Dana. Hey, and I am Adam, and this is Gen D, a brand new podcast uh, done by two of us, a couple of millennialish parents who were raised on Disney uh, through childhood, through adulthood, continued raising ourselves on Disney, and now just shoving Disney down the throats of our kids every single day if they like it or not. Exactly. Yay, Disney. I don't know. Everybody seems obsessed with like what generation they're from. Millennials, Gen Z, all this. I don't really know what we are. So we were just like, what are we? We're Gen D. We have raised ourselves on Disney. We watch Disney Channel as kids. We go to the parks all the time. And now we're raising our kids to love Disney as much as we love it or forcing them to love it. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Forcing them to love it, uh, dressing them in constant Disney clothes. I've got, you know, uh, my husband and I, we have a newborn. He is two months old today. And uh, the majority of his clothing consists of Disney clothes. Thank you, Baby Gap, which, by the way, Baby Gap and the Disney clothes Mm -hmm. out of this world and the little Star Wars outfits. Oh, that'll be a whole nother conversation. So uh, our son Noah is constantly dressed in Disney outfits and we are counting down the days to be able to take him to Disneyland. We should say uh, Dana and I are both in California. This is going to be about all things California Disney, giving some love to our home state, the home of Disney, where it all began, the happiest place on earth down in Disneyland, but also the far reaching corners of the great state of California and the like insane footprint that Disney has on this entire state. Yeah, exactly. So Adam lives up by San Francisco. I live down here in Los Angeles. So we got the whole state covered between the two of us. And um, I don't know. Adam, we've known each other for like a decade now. You yeah. used to live down here in LA and yep. we used, I think we, maybe in our first meeting, we were like, oh, Disney. Actually, I think it was you were planning a Disney trip to Disney yeah. World. And I was like, oh, I know everything. What what hotel are you staying at? And I was like Rain Man Savant style telling you <laughs> tips. And then we became best friends from that. So that's kind of our yeah, Disney journey. Pretty much. I think we were sitting, I think we were sitting in our office and I said we were all going to we were going to Disney World and you overheard or something and then mm-hmm. dove right in on the planning. And then just living in LA, it was the multiple trips we made down to Disneyland while I was still living there because it was, you know, the joy of, you know, in the before times, before pandemic, when we could just on a Friday be like, let's go to Disneyland on Saturday. And yeah. we would. And now that's not a thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Dana and I met over our love of Disney. We worked together um, and then have stayed friends through the years, finding new jobs, new career paths. But the one thing that has remained the same is our absolute love for Disney, the Disney parks, all things Disney. And we would uh, be wrong for not saying also our love for the Scream film franchise. And that just gives you an idea of how varying our interests are. We are slightly obsessed (laughs) with Scream and we will probably at some point be doing something special about yet them making yet another Scream movie in a year. But that's a whole nother topic for another day. We've got, we've got slight obsessions. It's fine. We'll do a whole different podcast series about Scream. We love Scream. I don't know. We're weirdos. Uh, (laughs) And yes, these are the things we talk about, but yeah. So yeah, this, we're, welcome. We're so excited for you to be here. We have a lot of stuff we want to talk about, but really this is just, frankly, also just time for Adam and I to catch up and enjoy talking to each other about our favorite subject, Disney. Yeah, so hopefully we don't bore you all to death, but uh, we we like <laughs> to hear ourselves talk about it, so we figure 
other people <laughs> might want to hear what we have to say about uh, Disney and Disney in California. But more importantly, like, I, you know, me being a new dad, Dana's been a mom for a few years now. We want to enjoy the parks and we want to make it fun for us and our entire family. Like you, you go to the parks and you see stressed out parents everywhere, pushing strollers of screaming children. That's not how we do Disney. So we're going to, a lot of this podcast is going to be about like how, how you do the parks in a way that makes it completely enjoyable for mom, dad, mom, mom, dad, dad, however your family is made up. Um, and the kids at the same time, because it should be something that is enjoyed for absolutely everybody. And everybody should be leaving that place with a smile on their face. That's not to say there's a lot of stuff that happens in the parks that Disney does that just makes you want to pull your hair out. And we will talk about that because we're not going to sugarcoat and be like, Disney is the greatest place on earth. I mean, it is, but then they can somehow piss you off and we're still like, yes, please take our money. But, um, (laughs) we'll call them out when it's time to call out. But really like it is, it is about figuring out how to enjoy your time at the parks. You're spending a lot of money to be there, so you should enjoy it and not make it a stressful, oh my God, the kids are going to Disney. What are we going to do? How are we going to survive this? It's not about surviving. It's about having fun. Exactly. I mean, but when annual passes were available, uh, we all had annual passes. We would go at least once a month, if not more often. And, you know, we treat it as just a fun time for all of us. I think so often I hear Family. So I, I should also mention I plan Disney trips on the side. <laughs> I work for a travel agency, but I hear people always talking about like, well, we just need to like plan this for our kid. And it's like, no, that's not what Walt created Disneyland for and Disney World. It was created for families to enjoy together at the same time. And it doesn't mean that you have to compromise, you know, or, or, forego your happiness for your kids it's about compromising it's about having a great time all together and and planning out your day but not like going overboard with it all so we're, we yeah. are here to give you some of our tips and tricks but mostly you know it's about enjoying it for everyone yeah i gotta say i was when dana and i started talking about doing this podcast i i called my mom and i was like do you have pictures from our very first trip to Disneyland? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all the only memory I have as like a six-year-old, I was like five or six years old, very first trip to Disneyland. We lived in Kansas. We flew out to California to go to Disneyland. And the only memory in my mind of that is riding Pirates of the Caribbean and me having my hands over my eyes screaming to high hell the entire time because I was terrified and mortified. Then mom like finds all these pictures, sends me all these pictures and me hugging (laughs) characters and meeting Mary Poppins and like giving a hug to Mickey. Zero memory of any of that. So when we say like you're sitting there being like, oh, we're planning this for the kids. We got to make it something the kids are going to want to do and the kids will remember forever. They're not going to remember everything about every trip. And so enjoy it for yourselves. Make it a great time. So you've got these lasting memories with your family because it was really fun to look back and see photos of my dad and I sitting on the curb at Disneyland waiting for the parade together and dad Mm. smiling. Um, So, you know. It's it's for everybody, and we're gonna really help you figure out how to do that and how to have a good time. Oh my god, we need to talk about your photos. You sent them to me. My favorite is the one of you with Pinocchio, and you are in the same <laughs> light gray sweatpant suit combo. It's like the sweatpants and the sweatshirt are the exact same color of like light heather Yay. gray. <laughs> Yay, the eighties, eighties oh children's god. fashion, right there. Um, we'll, we'll post a bunch of these photos on our website so you can see yeah. them. Uh, there, there are, uh, 
not yeah they're adorable and i'm saying that about myself and i realize that's completely self-centered but they are um and i can't wait to have photos like that with our son i know dana you have tons of photos like that with your daughter oh so many so many i will post some of those as well as we go along but yeah i mean disney is like the best photo op you can't take a bad photo at disney i'm sure you can maybe that should be our challenge (laughs) That could be our should next be, challenge. We, you know, what we should do it is during Touch of Disney. Take the worst we need, photo we need activities. Yeah, the worst yeah. photo we've ever taken at Disney should happen okay. at Touch of Disney. There we okay. go. Okay, we're gonna do. Might it. need a few drinks to get to that point, but yeah, well, no, know. we're not gonna be sober for that photo. Give me, no. the, give me the mimosa flight, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so yeah, that that's what we are. Um, we're also, uh, you know, functioning alcoholics when it comes to some things because uh, we've got young kids <laughs> and that's who we are. But um, no, in all seriousness, we are not alcoholics. We take care of our kids. We have, you know, we are very responsible adults. We just like to have fun. So yeah. uh, with that, that's who we are. Um, that's what this is all about. We're going to Talk about the news of the day, news of the week uh, that's going on. We're not going to give you the breaking news because those people who cover the breaking news at Disney parks are insane. Like, I, yeah, I don't know how they do it. They are on it. Like, I can't even think of a good analogy right there, but they're just on it. And we we have our day jobs and we don't have the time to be on it like that. So we're going to talk about it and we're going to give our opinions on it and we'll go through all that and all the news and things coming out of mainly Disneyland and DCA and what's happening in California. Obviously things happen down at the big mothership in Orlando and we'll talk about that when need be. But then we're also, we're going to give you those parents like those trips from us as parents um, and how to do the parks fun. And for the whole family, like talked about getting some history, uh, Throughout these podcasts of Disney in California, because oh, like, I've got a good I mean, one for you today, Adam. I'm excited. I cannot wait because Disney, Disney is California, and the history here in the entire state is so rich and so many fun stories about the parks and elsewhere and outwards, way up to Northern California, the Southern California. It's kind of everywhere. So yeah. we have a lot to talk about. And with that, let's get into some mouse musings Yay. for this week. Okay. Um. Yeah, so just a few things, and by a few things, I mean so many things to talk about. Um, first being Disneyland reopening. What? Yay! Like, I'm still holding my breath because they keep like, <sighs> I know you're going to be mad at me for saying this, but they keep saying like, there might be a new wave coming of COVID because uh... that's what we all need. Um, get your vaccines. Here's a PSA. Stop the next wave. If you can get your vaccines, get your vaccines. Keep doing the mask thing and all that jazz so we all can go enjoy Disneyland here in a few weeks when it's supposed to be reopening on April 30th. Yeah, so it's April 3rd today as we're recording this, and um, they have still not announced how they're going to release these tickets. No. I'm kind of irritated that we don't know yet. I will say from the the travel agent website, we got um, a notification yesterday that was like, prepare people for guidelines that they're going to have to show that they have either been vaccinated or explain that they haven't had COVID in the last 14 days. Kind of those same questions that you get asked at a doctor's office right now. I think they're going to ask those questions for you to purchase tickets. Yeah. So actually some guidelines came out. We got a little bit of news. It's like Disney likes to like 
dangle a little nugget mm-hmm. of news about the reopening to us, which is crazy to me because they're opening in less than 30 days, like 27 days and they're opening and nobody even knows how you're going to buy a ticket. Um, we can guess and we'll speculate on how to buy a ticket, but they did put out the guidelines to buying the tickets. So, you know, like Dana and I have talked about, we're going to have basically a war room set up when we find out <laughs> the tickets are going to be available. I am not beyond like going to the Apple store, buying multiple devices and then returning them all once we have the tickets in oh, hand. Smart. So yeah, you know, oh. just you know, I suddenly have six MacBooks. Um no. <laughs> I won't go that far, but it close. Um but we have no idea how uh the tickets will go on sale, but we do know the rules around some of the ticket sales right now. And Disney's put that out. So what we know is one person will be the purchaser basically. And you can purchase for up to three households. And I believe it's about 10 people. And that one person will be the one entering all the information and be the contact for contact tracing. So we all feel like we've been talking about contact tracing for the last year. It's sort of worked, not really worked. I don't know if it's useful or not, but the state has said to Disney, Hey, if you're going to reopen, we need to know who's in the park. So Disney Mm -hmm. figured out a way. They said, when you buy the tickets, you're going to have to give all your information. That person who's buying the tickets for your group has to say, yes, everybody is COVID symptom free. We haven't had COVID. We haven't been exposed. And then they also have to swear that everybody is a California resident because they are sticking to even with Orange County entering the orange tier. And if you're not familiar with the state of California's insanely confusing, complicated, ever changing colored tier system. Thank you, Governor Newsom. Um <laughs> The Orange County is now in the orange tier or will be in the orange tier when Disneyland reopens, which means it'll open to 25% capacity at both parks, which is great. That means more tickets um, are going to be available. It's still going to be very small attendance wise, but parks are going to open. It'll just be for Californians. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens when the ticket sales actually start. Um, I know it's, Dana. It's gonna be a nightmare. Let's just let's call a spade a spade. It's gonna be awful. I think yeah. you're gonna have some diehard people like ourselves who are going to try really hard to get a few tickets. I- I'm gonna just go out on a limb here and guess that they're only going to allow you to purchase for one park, so either Disneyland or California Adventure. I don't think there'll be a hopper option at least at the start. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. I think. I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be one park or the other. So then like for folks like us who are going to make a weekend out of it, having to come down from the Bay Area, like we're going to have to really roll the dice and try to get like Disneyland one day on a Saturday, DCA on a Sunday, which may be next to impossible. So we may have to compromise with only one of the parks, which is so sad because it's like the perfect park hopping place because it's like a hundred yards to go between the two oh, parks. No. I know. How many times have you encountered people who've only been to Disney World and they're like, oh, yeah. So wait, what? And you're like, no, you can just literally walk across the the street to go to California Adventure from Disneyland. It is a dream. Do you remember when the when before Max Pass, right? When you actually had to like run around Disneyland to get your fast passes for things and you had to set the alarm on your phone to tell you when you could go get another. Yeah. Fast pass. Yeah. We, the steps you've got in running around that park, but you could literally be, you would be at DCA and be like, oh, we want an Indiana Jones fast pass and like run over there, get your Indiana Jones fast pass, then go back to DCA. And then an hour and a half later, go back to Disneyland. Like that's, it almost always felt like one giant park. 
right. instead of two separate ones. So it'll be, I think it's going to be super weird, like having I to know. just choose one over the other for a while. Um, it will. I will yeah. tell you this, though, because I've had an annual pass for a long time now. Um, often in the summertime, only California Adventure is open to to residents and stuff. So I'm pretty familiar with, like, just seeing one park for, like, a good solid two months. And it's fine. I'm just happy to be there. Uh, give me either park. I will find enough stuff to do. And, frankly, give me California Adventure because it's the one that has alcohol. So... I'm all well, for we'll get to that in a second because there's some news on that. But I don't want to get there. I don't want to get there quite yet. I want to talk a little bit more about Disneyland reopening yeah. because we are learning like more and more about the guidelines with like what rides can be open, how the rules work around the rides. OK, so the big one, the big one that I think everybody's going to be like, oh, God, what are they going to do? Rise of the Resistance. Like, oh, yeah, that ride. We all know we all we all know the insanity of what it was when it opened and it was open for like a hot minute before the parks closed. Um, the and ride's what, insane. It's and how it still is in Florida. They still have yeah, the whole I mean, boarding we group were, shenanigans going. Oh, oh yeah. When we so my husband and I went to Florida for a little baby moon back in October, which we kind of got a really cool preview of what we can expect Disneyland to be like when it reopens. We had to do the park reservations. Granted, it was easier because we had a hotel reservation and then we were able to get the park reservations. Dining reservations were harder to get just because restaurants were open inside at Disney World, but the tables were super spaced out. Mm-hmm. Um, also, August Cantina at Disney World was like, it was actually sad and depressing because Aww. it was only like 25% occupancy or <gasps> something, if that. So like that whole like ruckus of the crowd and everything that's in Oga's Cantina that makes it fun when people are chanting and cheering and all that stuff. Like it was, it was sad. It was like going to like a quiet cocktail bar. somewhere. It just didn't quite have the same. Granted the jet juice was still there and still very good. uh, My favorite, but it was pretty sad and depressing. But that said, you know, we, we were there at Hollywood studios and it looked like, even though they were only, I think they were maybe 30% or something occupant, you know, attendance when we were there. Mm-hmm. Disney World has, has exponentially added availability and attendance caps because Florida is just a whole nother world from California in terms of what we're doing with COVID. Um, but we were there and it looked like the busiest day I'd ever seen in Hollywood Studios. Like Toy Story Land was insane. Lines were going backstage, wrapping around everywhere. And you would see these lines and you're like, oh my God. What, what we're going to be in this line for Sleepy right. Dog for the next six hours. <laughs> but in actuality, you got to remember everything is spaced out by six feet. So mm-hmm. like, and they, I think they literally have put new sign making companies into business through this because I have never seen <laughs> Disney literally has eight bajillion giant pieces of tape that stay on the cement that say in Disney font, you know, stand here, please stand yeah. here, please stand here, please. Every six feet. It's all over the park. It's going to take them like when social distancing is not a thing anymore. It may take them a year to get rid of all these signs. But what was the longest you had to wait for a ride during? COVID? Uh, I honestly, I honestly think it was Slinky Dog. Um, I think it was a little over an hour, but it was fine. And if you know that line down there, it's very hot. There's not a Mm. lot of shade in that line. They just have some umbrellas. But this was pre them updating mask rules. So then you could, you know, go grab a Truly from the uh, beer cart guy and enjoy a nice cold beverage while you're standing in the line. But since then, and be ready for this when Disneyland reopens, you cannot eat or drink anything while standing in line anymore. Mm. So no uh, sipping on your water bottle to pull your mask down or something like that, which, by the way, 
actually the other insane line was Splash Mountain because everybody's still trying to get Splash Mountain in before they close it for the whole redo to right. turn it into um my god why am Princess I and the Frog Princess, Princess and, the frog. and the Frog thank you wow <laughs> um anyway I'm uh, yeah so uh but there was a guy who had his mask down around his chin, using it as a chin diaper, as they like to say. And he was like, we looked over and it looked like he was drinking his water bottle. And then when you look closely, he had the lid still on his bottle. And so he just kept like fake drinking water. He just water had it pressed to, to his lips? Like, yeah, oh my God. Like this was the world's longest lasting water bottle ever. Um, I think a cast member finally caught on and realized it. But, you know, look, the lines are going to look daunting and terrifying. Uh, they're really not that bad. Like this line for Peter Pan's flight at Disney World looked like it wrapped all the way around, you know, the Haunted Mansion out of Fantasyland into um, Liberty Square. But it was it was fine. It it was like 25 minutes. And oh, good. So. Oh, this It'll is be reassuring fine. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't be afraid of the lines. They're going to look longer. It's just because everybody is super spread out. Um, and just when they do reopen, you know, uh, be prepared to. It's not going to be Disneyland that we knew it. You've got to wear those masks. There's an amazing team of cast members who wear yellow jackets um, and yellow shirts that are like the safety cast members now. And they literally they're these poor people. Their job is to walk around the park and remind you to cover your face and keep distance from other people. So be nice to them, please. They're doing their job. Wear your mask, play by the rules. It's hard. I mean, look, we also had like the worst numbers this summer. And I think, I think we've also just been like so battered down. We're not trying to sit here and talk about the global pandemic for this whole episode. But, um, you know, we were told in the summer that they were going to open up Disneyland at the same time as Disney World. And they pulled that back from us. That was a depressing Uh. day. And it's just kind of been this like carrot that's been dangling and the numbers get better and then far worse and then better again and then even worse. (laughs) Like we had a really hard winter. So I think that in California, at least my view, which is limited, I live in Los Angeles in the Valley. So I don't see a lot of people. I mostly see my husband and my, my kid and my dog. But when I see people around the neighborhood, everybody wears masks. Everybody's very good about it. If we go out to a grocery store or anything like that, people are really, you know, just really respectful for wearing them. And then I talk to family members in other states and hear that it might not be as much as, as, uh, accepted to wear masks as I think it has been here in California. I think California has definitely taken it a lot more seriously than some other states have. And maybe that's just I, who knows why I, it is what it is. Maybe it was like we were just forced upon us all the rules and policies and everything. But look, um, be nice to your cast members. That's all we're saying. And uh, have a good time. But what I circling way back to come full circle back to what I actually was trying to talk about. And then we got this is by the way, this is the thing Dana and I can get going and we're going to just like ramble for a while about random crap that has to do with all this. And then we'll eventually get to our point. Hundred percent. But you're here for uh, ramblings, people. You're here for the ramblings. you're, You're here for ramblings. Like you should see if we have a couple drinks on us and we're out at a bar when bars were a thing. Uh, the rambling to get around to a point we were trying to make. But um, that said, Rise of the Resistance. Oh, right. The will it, won't, will it, will it not reopen when the parks reopen? So Disney hasn't really announced that much in terms of which rides are going to actually open when the park reopens. And there's some drama around Rise of the Resistance because it is an indoor dark ride. Mm-hmm. And California's 
theme park rules for reopening say the ride can be no longer than 15 minutes and the queue has to be outside. So if you've if you've been on Rise of the Resistance, a quarter of the queue is actually outside before you enter the caves and you're like in the resistance camp in the caves, right? Yeah. Um, and then you meet Ray and all that fun stuff, and then you skedaddle on into the ship, you blast off from Batu, and off you go on your adventure. Well, that whole thing is once the ride starts, I think it's like the timer starts when you get into the ship to blast off uh, before you get picked up by the First Order. Yep. That whole ride is 18 minutes. Oh, my God. So it's that long? That right there. Yeah, it's 18 minutes. It's insane. The whole ride is nuts. Whoa. Well, here's another yeah. fun fact. This is, guys, also, we are Rain Man. We have weird fun facts about <laughs> Disney stuck in our head. I could not tell you the square root of, like, 17,000, but I could tell you <laughs> this fun fact that at, here at Disneyland, Pirates of the Caribbean is exactly 16 minutes long. 16 right. minutes. Yep. So. And they're they're worried about pirates. Will pirates reopen? Because it's a the queue is well. Actually, the pirates queue is all outside. It's all outside, but the uh, ride California, itself is sixteen minutes. Right. Maybe they're gonna like speed up the water a little bit. Like, cut a, cut a, can they cut a minute out of the ride by like pushing the jets a little faster in there? No. I don't know how that works. Suddenly, you're like on a jet boat. You're on like a jet ski in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Um, which actually would be kind of funny. Do you imagine like zooming through the fight scene on pirates? Oh my like, god, that'd be hilarious. Though I would, like, I speed. would hate it. I love that ride so much. I don't want to go fast uh, through it. I want to. I know, I know. It's probably not. I think the water is like what an inch deep. So it's probably <laughs> like anyway. God knows what they're gonna do. But with Rise, like it's one thing to close pirates. Like they could do a refurb and be like, oh, we're gonna you know work on it. Maybe one day remove Johnny Depp from it. Um, Please <laughs> remove. Johnny Depp from the ride, please. I'm sorry. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I do not like the added. No, I agree. Added Jack Sparrow. Sometimes they do a really good job adding their like IP stuff to the rides, but this Jack Sparrow thing, it has outlived its welcome. I know. Like, I'm sorry, Jack. Hit the road. Are Hit we still road. like into Jack. Pirates of the Caribbean movies? Like, do people really like? I don't those? know, but aren't they making a new one? Oh God, are they? I think they. I think I read they were, and like Johnny Depp was coming back again. Uh, I'm like, oh my god! I thought we were done with Johnny Depp. Didn't he get canceled? Or oh, something? I think I so. Know. I don't know. I I, don't I just know. don't. Anyway. I don't get it. Yeah. And also so bring back. That'll be interesting. I don't like that they have pies now. Like I'm okay with the sexism mm. in the ride. I lo- I thought it was actually kind of funny to watch them chase the women, but it was funny. I do, but I do like the new the female pirate. I do like I do her like too. Her. I like her a lot. That was too. that was a good ad. Um, but yeah, the chasing the pies, it was funny when they chased the women around. Um Just but you know, as for the is. love of God, don't get rid of the drunk pirate with the like blackened feet. He's my favorite. That yes, you go under. Yes. I know. Yeah. Well, and that what was really funny at um years ago we went to Disney World. Sorry, see, we said this is what happens. You just have to listen to his babble because we'll go off on these tangents. Um <laughs> We're at Disney World for um, they did um, villains after hours at the Magic Kingdom. Oh yeah, and they they added real live actors to pirates, <gasps> and so they replaced the guy with his foot like dangling off the thing. There was a guy up there with him running back and forth, like popping out and scaring you oh. on that bridge as you were going through. Yeah, it was really fun. That's cool. Um, it was cool. I was like, can they have live actors in here all the time? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine like a little animatronic just like jumps out and scares you? <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> they really, I feel like, I feel like Universal has the lock on that. But didn't they, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, I've never gone on it, but the Navi River Journey in Pandora, didn't they have live actors in that when it first opened? I don't, I mean, you mean the worst ride in all of Walt Disney World? It is the worst Sorry. ride. Sorry if you like it. It's so boring. It's pretty. And so short and not, it's pretty to see once, but I don't know. Walk around, walk around Pandora at night. Now that Animal Kingdom's open at night, like walk around and then you'll get the same effect. Like, and then it's like the biggest buzzkill. You wait in that like 180 minute line to sit in a boat to like zoom down a little river for two minutes. And the whole reason you're doing it is to go see that giant animatronic at the end. And half the time it's broken and it's just a video screen. Oh, seriously? Animatronic. Yeah. Oh, I've never gone on. And they don't warn you. They don't warn you that the animatronic's broken before you get on and the B show is up, which I feel like is such crap. Like you wait in that line because you want to see this. It's an amazing animatronic and the ingenuity that went into it is just mind blowing. But like then you get up there and it's just a video screen because she's broken. Great. But um, anyway, back to Rise of the Resistance. So. I'm wondering what they're going to do because I don't think they can't not open Rise of the Resistance when the Mm. park reopens. People have been waiting over a year to get back on this ride. It is the, you know, the cream, cream de creme of Disneyland right now. It is the most insane ride they have ever put together. It is insanely popular. The boarding passes go in point zero 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 one second every morning. Um, It's a racket. Getting those boarding passes is a racket. Ooh, that's a whole another conversation. Um, but I, I don't see how they don't reopen it. So what I'm wondering is if they just cut out that first ship, which kind of kills half the story where you're mm. like, oh, I'm in the ship and we're getting we're getting uh, kidnapped by the First Order. And they just walk you straight through and on to. Well, I don't want to spoil uh, the ride for anybody if they haven't done it. But I, my opinion oh, is yeah. I would – oh, God, this is going to be unpopular. I'd rather them not open if they have to condense the ride. I think it's an all or nothing yeah. thing. So I would say just don't open it yet if you have to. But it also then that means their ticket – that's another question that we don't know the answer about – is how much are these tickets going to be? And if they're at a full price ticket, which is what, like 125 bucks. Oh, I think it's more than that now. We'll just say it's 100. I think it's like 140 something. Oh yeah, it's, it's a lot. I just don't I know, know if we're I gonna, could. We're going to be like, take all of our money. I know. We're coming. We will. Because we love it so much. Okay. Well, what. Yeah. What would you do? What do you think? I I don't know. I would still want to write it because the that whole adventure when you get in with the droid and you're like zooming around the ship and like seeing Kyle blow out the back window don't give it all away um oh sorry well spoiler alert too late i mean frankly come on let's be honest if you're listening to this you've (laughs) You've been been on on it um if you have if you have sought out this podcast i am sure you have been on this ride before and if you haven't (laughs) so sorry um but the i i don't know i would cut out i i think you the only way to do it is to cut out the ship the first ship that you get on and i think they're gonna have to cut out even though the hologram of ray is so cool I think they're going to have to cut the pre-show out and you just are going to have to walk through uh, to avoid the indoor queue um, and then just get right into, you know, being interrogated by the First Order. So we'll see. I hope they don't. I'm sure the Imagineers down there are like, oh, hell no, do not mess with my storytelling. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, as Disney does, they they 
they take and then they give and they are giving something to us parents who enjoy a <gasps> beverage while we're at the park. So yes, big, insane breaking news. So we all know Galaxy's Edge. You've got Oga's Cantina. It was a huge deal when they opened Oga's at Disneyland because it was the very first time you could ever enjoy an adult beverage inside the original Disneyland park. And now I think they've taken a cue from the Magic Kingdom in Florida because it used to be in Florida you couldn't have alcohol inside the Magic Kingdom until they opened Be Our Guest. Mm -hmm. And they started serving beer and wine at Be Our Guest. And then they added beer and wine to um, the Skipper Canteen when that opened, Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite restaurants. Highly underrated at Disney World. And you can always get a reservation. And it's one of my favorite restaurants. That's great. Um, and then I think at Cinderella's Royal Table, you can get beer and wine now. So like Magic Kingdom's been like, screw it, you know, lids off, booze everywhere at the Magic Kingdom because Disney knows they can upsell it for like five times cost and people will buy it. So the big, insane breaking news, once they announced Disneyland was reopening, then they said, ooh, surprise, when we reopen Blue Bayou Restaurant, which is my favorite restaurant at the entire Disneyland Resort. Is it? I didn't know it really, that. It is. It is because it's like, it's so cool. Like you sit there on the banks of the river and you're like watching the Pirates Ride go through and it's just peaceful yeah. and cool. And yeah. And so, but I always thought, so, okay, we went to Disneyland Paris a few years back. Um, fun side note, my husband is a bigger Disney freak than I am. Uh, he should frankly be doing this podcast, not me. We'll bring him on at some point. Oh, he'll be on. But and also, to- you're you're missing a big part. He's also British, and he has the best accent uh, ever. Point. Yeah. <laughs> it's why we got married. No, I'm kidding. There are many more <laughs> reasons why, but that might be one of them. Um, don't tell him I said that. Uh, <laughs> so we were in Paris, and we went to Disneyland Paris. The fun side note on my husband is he has been to every single Disney park but Shanghai. <sighs> That's amazing. I know. I'm so jealous. So we're at Disneyland Paris and we, they have their Pirates of the Caribbean is set up very similar to Disneyland's except theirs is insane. And the ride is mind blowing. It's huge. It's amazing. But they have a similar restaurant on the banks of the ride, Mm -hmm. like Blue Bayou, Mm -hmm. except at Paris, there is wine everywhere. So we sat down, had this incredible dinner on the banks of the river with a nice bottle of wine. And I remember sitting there being like, oh my gosh, if they ever did this at Disneyland, how nice of a dinner would that be? Sitting there, having a nice bottle of wine while you're having a really, because the food's amazing. Like, it's really good food at Blue Bayou. And it's nice food. It's not cheap. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And you kind of just want, like, in the evening after a long day at the park, it's kind of nice to just have a glass of wine or four. um, (laughs) And (laughs) enjoy it. So the news coming out of there is that when Blue Bayou does reopen, and now note it is right now Disney is not opening any of their indoor dining locations as of now with the reopening of the park on the 30th. It'll just be outdoor. But when Blue Bayou does reopen, which actually makes me wonder if that means Pirates isn't going to reopen with the park because of the 16 minutes instead of 15. Oh, Ooh. stop. No. No. But when Blue Bayou does reopen, there will be things to celebrate in the form of hurricane cocktails. Yay! Beer. Yay! And sparkling wine. I'm not oh. sure how I feel about them only doing sparkling wine. Like, I can't have a nice cab with my lamb. Yeah, it seems like a missed like opportunity. Lamb chop I'm having. That seems missed. Right. Yeah. 
So I my guess is that'll change, but you can now go and enjoy an adult beverage at Blue Bayou. And then for the non-drinkers, they're actually plussing their mint julep lineup. They're non-alcoholic mint julep lineup. They're going to have all kinds of different um, mint julep flavors to get there at Blue Bayou now oh, nice. as well. Now they're not gonna. Uh-huh. There is a mint julep bar. You can only get the alcohol at Blue Bayou. Bayou, is that correct? No. So they're not gonna do the mint julep. Will be non-alcoholic. Oh. So the only cocktail they're gonna do is a hurricane. A hurricane. Okay. So yeah, you can't right. you get like because I was like mm, a mint julep with some bourbon in it would be quite nice yeah. on a hot day in Disneyland, but apparently not so much yet. I'm sure it's not far off. My guess is they're gonna start with like the hurricane and sparkling wine and beer and then by next year you'll have a full-on you know yeah selection of beverages to choose from so i i mean look people are gonna have mixed opinions about it walt never wanted alcohol at the park it was that was a big thing with him he didn't he didn't want to serve alcohol there um that has slowly gone away because this is disney they're a massive corporation they know they can make crazy money off alcohol sales and frankly we're all grown adults who want to have a nice beverage yeah and i i don't hate it it doesn't i don't feel like this is going against what walt originally wanted for the park and i don't know what you think dana but i feel like this is just moving with the times no uh, here's what i'll say um i used to be a cast member at disney world and they talked to us about alcohol in the parks. And most of the time I worked at Epcot and I, full disclosure, I was a character performer in at Epcot a lot. And um, so they said, you know, if you have guests who come up to you who are drunk, you know, there are ways in which you have to kind of interact with them. And there's, you always have like a handler with you that will help you in those situations. Um, I can think, think on maybe like two or three instances that I had some pretty inebriated guests. And that's Epcot where drinking around the world is like a celebrated thing that you do there. So I I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And I know that Disney's going to handle it. If they see there is a problem with a guest, they're going to handle it very quickly. Um, I saw them do that there. I, you know, just in general, if there's a problem with a guest alcohol related or not, they they have their eyes on every inch of those parks. So I'm not too worried. I think it's fine if they open up more alcohol. I'm all for it. I love alcohol. We go to Yeah, you yeah, again, you'll never you'll never hear Dana or I complain about being able to grab a no, drink at Disney. No. We I mean <laughs> we love it and we love um California Adventure for that, you know? I mean I I have my eyes set when we go down there next weekend for touch of Disney. I have my eyes set on that margarita stand in yep. near the San Francisco area down there with the Fisherman's Wharf area that they have that margarita stand. I we are we are match made in heaven. I, without. I want that Pixar. I think it's the Pixar Pier um, uh, mimosa flight. The mimosa flight. Yes. Well, which we've had. We've had it. We had it last time we went to flight. last time we went to the parks together. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Aww. Back in the before times. So anyway, that that's that. There's so much more. We'll have so much more to talk about next week. I'm not even going to get, because we've been just going and going, I'm not even getting the half the stuff I had, so I'll just save it for next that week. But But um, because maybe there'll be more updates on it. Um, so that said, I uh, want to kind of just fold right into our next thing we promised, the parent trap, like how to survive Disney as parents. Now, I'm just going to keep on the Blue Bayou theme here. So you're at the parks. You're planning to come down to Disneyland. 
you know a month out you're going to go on Saturday, August 4th or whatever date might be, right? So you're planning your day. If you were doing this far enough in advance, Mm -hmm. do yourself a favor, book a dinner reservation at the Blue Bayou. Book it for 4 p.m., book it for 5 p.m., whatever. Earlier the better with the kids. Head in there, go in, order the kids' food first, tell them to just get that going. Mm -hmm. Now order yourselves a drink, have an appetizer, Mm -hmm. shove some food down the kids' throats. Guess what? It's cool, it's quiet, it sounds like nature in there. Mm-hmm. That baby gonna be asleep. Yes, you're talking babies. And then enjoy. I'm I'm talking toddlers. Here's my other tip to add to that one: Blue Bayou and virtually every sit down restaurant always. I, I think they're still going to do this even after the pandemic. Always offer coloring pages and free coloring crayons. They keep my daughter, who's four, four and a half now, um, busy the whole time. So and and here's my other tip. This is for you for the future, Adam. Bring your backpack in with you, go to Target, and in the dollar section of Target, they have these little mini um, coloring books that come with some crayons. So in the event that the restaurant doesn't have a free coloring book, pull those puppies out because you can keep on a lot of entertainment with those little cheapo dollar store, you know, Target dollar section ones. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and then for me, we're, we're at with the baby. Um, and I think this might be the thing for us for Intellis, you know, maybe two or something, God willing. Being able to go to a place like Blue Bayou in the evening, park him in the stroller there, get him some food, let him relax, zonk out, and then dads can enjoy some nice, nice, quiet few, even if it's a brief few minutes of quiet, like having that beer sparkling wine a hurricane whatever with a nice meal while little dude sleeps it's just finding those and we'll talk a lot about finding those quieter cooler places at the parks that exist where you can really just park it for a bit have a nice time with your partner have a drink enjoy each other and nine times out of ten the kid's gonna zonk out for a little bit because they're gonna be hot they're gonna be tired they're gonna be exhausted so it's really making sure you find those moments throughout your day to just park it for a little bit, mm-hmm. let them sleep, get yourself a beverage, oh, yeah. enjoy each other, and enjoy the coolness before you head back out and do some more. Fun. And to your point, Adam, like the five o'clock window is usually open for restaurants that people don't book that. Book those times because yep. that's a really hot time in the parks, really any time of the year, but especially in the summer, you want to be indoors at five o'clock. So I highly yeah, that, recommend that. Yeah, that five, like, I think they start like Disney technically says dinner starts at like 430 or something at the parks. So honestly, like book an indoor dining reservation somewhere like Blue Bayou, uh, 430, five in the evening. Then you get out of there in time. The kids are refreshed. You're refreshed. You get out of there in time to still do some other stuff before. And then also nap if fireworks ever come back. Nav a good spot for fireworks or get out of the park and beat the park crowds, getting out of the park, getting to the parking structure on your way out. Leave a little early. Um, but you've had that early dinner. Go do a few more things and then call it a day. So that's our little tip for this week. Every week we will have something different. One of us will come up with something, a better way to tolerate, you know, things like dual cup holders on strollers, which will be key uh, as the parks reopen. Um, Long long lines and kids. I've got some tips on that. We will will dive into all of those. So uh, Dana, what... You've been teasing me with <laughs> your vault entry for the okay. day. Okay. All right. So this, I 
I we decided, let me take it a step back here. Adam and I decided that we wanted to talk about the history of a ride or an attraction or some element of Disney and Disneyland um, every episode. And so I was thinking, what better thing to start off and talk about than a ride that is going away? We're going to talk about none other than Splash Mountain. I know. God, so many mixed feelings because I'm like, yes, Disney is making the right call. Yeah. Like, I can't believe they allowed this ride based on this horrendously racist movie to like last as long as it has. But it's also the nostalgia of that ride. It's my Dana knows it's my favorite. I think we're going to have to post that. Oh, my God. Yes. Of us on Splash <laughs> Mountain. The last trip we took like slow mo. You know, ridiculous. But oh, OK. OK. Yeah, well, I, I will say I learned a lot researching this. I got a lot of this info from our favorite all ears. Molly at all ears. I love her. Hi, Molly. Um, but this, I didn't know a lot of this history, so I'm going to see what you know. Um, okay, so the early 80s were not kind to Disneyland. I don't know if you know this, but um, the late 70s and early 80s, the population just started to drop. Uh, people weren't going as often. And most everybody was saying, like, it's a good place to take your kids, little kids, but it doesn't have a whole lot for teenagers. And so the Imagineers kind of took this on as like, we need to create more thrill rides. And this is also at the start of the Michael Eisner years, who was the CEO of Disney Corporation for a very long time. And he is, you know, I I think we all have a lot of uh, love him, hate him, probably a little mix of both. He had some very um, odd choices and some real spot on choices. And one of them was that he was like, we need to really attract more teenagers in the park by making thrill rides. So in like 1983, he was looking at a map and said, we need to do something with this area called Bear Country at the time. It's now called Critter Country, but Bear Country only had one attraction. It was the Country Bears Jamboree. And there was Nothing else over there. It was kind of a dead zone in the park. And so all of the Imagineers got together and worked on different pitches. Um, Tony Baxter, who is like a legendary Imagineer, Mm -hmm. ended up pitching out a log flume ride. He came up with the idea one day when he was driving home, stuck in L.A. traffic, as we know so well. And he was thinking of, okay, we've got two problems. We need a thrill ride. And we also have this other ride across the park in Tomorrowland that's breaking down and is not popular. And it's called America Sings. And what do we do with that space? And basically, while he was stuck in traffic, he thought, I'm going to make a thrill ride, but I'm going to use the characters from America Sings. So... I feel like some of the world's like best and worst ideas came out of sitting in LA traffic. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if like Michael Eisner and all of DCA in its original form came out of sitting in LA traffic. Oh, totally. That's where we all do our thinking. We're not thinking. Um, <laughs> His case, not thinking with the original DCA. Anyway, yes. I oh. Um. So basically, just to tell you guys about America Sings, America Sings was a rotating animatronic show. Kind of, if you've done the Country Bears Jamboree or, dare I say, Chuck E. Cheese. Which, um, which like, I, hold on. Can we, just for a second, because yeah. this is us, Country Bears Jamboree. Oh, God. Like, can we talk about how X-rated that entire thing is? I mean, it's still at Disney World. And, I like, don't know why. The songs they sing and the lyrics are like, what? Yeah. 
turns me on. I know. Like that one that song. bear in the oh my god, like I can't get yeah. it. It's anyway, insane. Sorry. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know what happened in the seventies and like why they thought it was appropriate to have these kinds of songs in both Country Bear Jamboree, which is still rotating and going in at Magic Kingdom. It's gone. I have no idea. I how. don't know. I don't know. I have no idea how like an army of like, like you know, like they the, like the army of like moms who like fight the FCC on like every other TV show, how they have not shut down the Country Bear Jamboree because it is, it should like be like R-rated when you go I'm, in there. Well, that's a little extreme, but I will say it is. Okay, PG-13, a hard PG-13. Yes, it's definitely questionable. There's a bear in a tutu talking about what turns her on. <laughs> well, let me tell you about America Sings. So America Sings came out in the mid-70s for the Bicentennial, and it was a singing show about all those like Americana songs with different critters in various like patriotic attire. In order to explain where these critters for Splash Mountain came from, I need to explain to you what America Sings was. So in the mid 70s for the Bicentennial, they decided to make this ride or attraction where audiences sat in a rotating theater to watch all these different creatures narrated by Sam Eagle, who was Burl Ives, um, telling like the stories of Americana. <laughs> and and they sing like Wait, are we saying this is like narrated by Sam Eagle? Like, no, Sam I Eagle? wish. No, it was like oh, pre that Sam God. Eagle. This is just like a eagle named Sam. Oh, won't want. And it's less exciting. Narrated okay. by Burl Ives, which if you remember, he's the snowman from the old uh uh, claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is great. Yeah. So honestly, this is a total trip. Go on YouTube and watch America Sings. They had taken over the old Carousel of Progress building in Tomorrowland and made this show that which rotates. I'm sorry, can we have that back? Like, I know. Why does Florida get it? It's my favorite. I have actually have like a man bracelet with It's a Great Big Beautiful <sighs> Tomorrow written on it. I want, um, I want that bracelet. I love It's my favorite ride. We should do a whole, we'll do a whole episode on that. I think, don't quote me on this, but I think the reason it's not here anymore is because when Disney World opened, they wanted to split the World's Fair attractions and they needed some for Disney World because we still have Lincoln and It's a Small World. Okay, but America Sings. So this ride is not great. And it's kind of got the Country Bears meets Chuck E. Cheese vibe happening with these um, critters, eagles, bears, birds, everything, um, singing these like Oh Susanna songs. And it's just, it's not great. But in that one, they have a drunk dog who sings like Adeline. And you're just like, what is happening? How does this, how does this exist? So I swear to God, Imagineers did some kind of crazy drugs at one point when they came up with They definitely weren't worried about how the audience's reaction, that's for sure. So, all to say that ride is not doing well by the early 80s. And Tony Baxter, our, you know, favorite Imagineer who is, you know, well-known and well-respected, he is thinking, hey, let's kill two birds with one stone here. Let's take all the creatures and critters from that ride and put them in this log flume ride. And we're going to marry them all by using the old Song of the South movie with the song zippity doo So he came up with Zippity-Doo-Dah River Run. It was going to be a thrill ride. It is essentially what we know, telling the story of Br'er Rabbit and his, you know, hijinks as he's trying to get 
skirt around Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox. And so that is the ride that we have today. Um, there is some extremely problematic issues that we have on the side of race with all of this. Um, and it became pretty controversial, especially lately. We It kind of came out again. But here's yeah. the thing. I've never seen Song of the South. I've seen the Zippity Doodah song. It was on like one of those, you know, Disney sing-along videos I had as a small kid. So I know that song. Oh, yeah. I think my mom... I think my mom would sing it to me all the time as yeah. a kid. Zippity doo dah, zippity. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my oh my, what a wonderful. What I, oh, I I keep going. You don't want to hear me sing. So what fine. I can gather from the <laughs> internet is that kind of the problematic elements of the movie is that it kind of romanticized slavery. So they make an actual character of Uncle Remus, and Uncle Remus is retelling kind of fabled stories to these kids and references like the good old days, which are the slavery days, which is not great. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. There's a reason that like got locked away in the Disney vault uh, and is never, ever, ever coming out. Like, I think you got a better chance at tracking down the Star Wars holiday special Oh, a thousand percent. The song of the South. A thousand percent. Um, and but here's what was happening in the 70s and 80s. They still had Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Bear, and Br'er Fox as walk-around characters in the park. So people still knew these characters. And that's why Tony Baxter was like, oh, they're already here. And these characters from America Sings kind of look like the Br'er characters. Let's just put them all together and save us some money. That's how it happened. Hey, you know, look, I mean, this. It, I guess you could say it was kind of their first, like, repurposing of things. Because we see Disney do this all the time when they, like, do a new overlay of a ride or they move stuff around. Like, they brought, you know, I think the most recent uh, example is down in Florida when they closed Snow White Scary Adventures down there. And the very last scene on the uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train are the animatronics from... Snow White Scary yeah. Adventures, they moved over into the hut when you're in the dwarf's hut at the very end when you drive by and you see Snow White dancing in there and the dwarf's dancing. Those are all the actual original animatronics from the uh, Snow White Scary yep. Adventure ride. So, you know, Disney Disney does. They're very... Um, they got to recycle know, that conserve. stuff. I get it. They recycle. I can only imagine the audio good. animatronic is not cheap to make. So, but there, <laughs> we still had problems with this. So now, um, okay. just going back... To Tony Baxter putting all this together, he pitches it out, and Michael Eisner brings his teen son with him to the pitches to have him hear what the thrill rides were being pitched. And it was this zippity doodah river run that the son said, That I want to go on that. That's the one I'm excited about. Because it did have the same drop that we know still exists today. Um, the yep. change of the name was all Michael Eisner. He said, no, I want this to sound more impressive. So let's put mountain in there to, you know, connect it to big thunder in space. Um, and then, oh, we also have this live action mermaid movie coming out with Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks. So let's put in Splash. So Splash Mountain oh is God. how the name came to be. That that was really off of that Daryl yes. Hannah Mermaid movie is why yes, they did that. I know, Jeez. ridiculous. So they started construction in 1987 for Splash Mountain. Um, it, by and large, the ride that exists today was the same as the concept. You know, it, with all the same kind of dips and turns, and then the big climactic drop at the end. Um, 
but this, they kind of, their plan of going around the um, expense of making more animatronics backfired on them. So in 1987, the ride cost them $75 million to make. Now, in 1955, when they opened Disneyland, it cost them $17 million to make all of Disneyland. And it cost them $75 million in 1987 to make, to make just Splash Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was... I mean, come on. Some of that's inflation, right? And like the dollar, It is. So I also looked that up. The value of the I also looked that up. Like, in the mid-80s, yeah. to make Disneyland for that price tag, it was about $80 million. So we're talking kind of the exact same here. Hey, Splash Mountain's not a cheap no. ride. And until Rise of the Resistance and all of Star Wars Land, it was the most expensive ride they had put in. Wow. Um, so now <laughs> we're... Why was it so expensive? Well, two things that backfired for them. The animatronics actually didn't work the way that they were hoping. So because America Sings, all of those animals that were in it had to only do their like movements for a brief period. And then they were down for like another 10 minutes until the show started back up again. Um, They had kind of a more primitive, you know, wiring than a continual wiring that's required for a ride character. And so they had to go back and do new hydraulics for every single one of those characters and reprogram them, which cost them an infinitely large amount of money that they were not expecting to do. All to try and save. Sure, all that. Eisner was thrilled with that. It's like the classic, like, you know, big wig saying, yeah, this is a great way to save money and, and, you know, cut a corner. And then it ended up biting him in the butt at the end. So there was that piece. And then the other side of it all is um, when they started doing tests of the drop, of the whole ride, but especially the drop, they had the dimensions of the drop were too steep and their test dummies were coming back, getting their heads decapitated. <laughs> Welcome to Disneyland. Uh, here's your waiver to sign away so you don't sue us if we cut your head off on Splash Mountain. So, yeah, so that was a no-go. So they had to redesign the drop. And they also found that everybody was getting completely soaked in the first test runs of that. So they had to then change the log flumes. They had to make them a little bit more buoyant so that they wouldn't take on as much water. I still, I mean, you still get soaked. You still get yeah. soaked. yeah. Well, it depends. Like now I've learned to like kind of keep an eye on the size of people getting in the boat with you. And you're if somebody who is larger in stature is in the front of the boat, you're screwed because you are in the back and you are going to get absolutely drenched because the water is going to go over them when they hit the yep. bottom. I've seen this happen a bazillion times. Water goes over them and you're, you're yep. screwed. But yep. Um, you know what? You can't complain in the middle of California summers. I mean, granted, like December, January, I'll still ride Splash Mountain because I'm a crazy person and it's one of my favorite rides ever. But uh, I don't mind getting wet, even though it's a little cold. Yeah, I know. I know. know. It's so it's so good. I'm going to miss it. But I am also really excited. So in the summer of 2020, they announced that they are redoing this ride to be Princess and the Frog themed, like we mentioned earlier. And so now I'm super excited for this. Uh, I love the music from Princess and the Frog. It's very catchy. Uh, You can already see the Louisiana Bayou scenes that they're going to put in there. They already Mm -hmm. have a showboat. So I'm sure they're going to use that still. I I think it's going to be really fun. 
Do you think this is the end of Critter Country? Well, I want to talk about that. I think it should be, at least for Disneyland, because we already have New Orleans Square. And now you're making a New Orleans-themed, you know, Princess and the Frog ride. And it's right there. So they, I guess they have Winnie the Pooh still over there. But... So maybe it's a very smaller critter country now because I mean it would it would make absolutely no sense to not expand New Orleans Square past the haunted right. mansion to include the new right. Splash Mountain. I think it makes perfect Whatever sense. They're calling it. Have they even said what they're calling it yet? I don't, I don't think, they think even so. Said the I didn't new see that. Name is going to be. I don't. You know, I'm I'm excited. It's. I think it's going to be very similar to what happened at Disney World when they made the Frozen mm-hmm. ride at Epcot, and it was a water ride that they just did a new overlay over. Um, the ride, the track stayed exactly the same. There were no changes to that. I don't really think it's. I don't think you're going to see a massive change like you did with. Okay, when they got rid of the Great Movie Ride, rest in peace. Um, and put in Mickey and Minnie's, they basically left the front of the building and tore down everything else and built a whole right. new ride right, back right. there. I think what you're going to see here is the mountain's going to say, and we've seen the pictures, right? Like the mountain still looks the same. It's just going to be fully decked out like a New Orleans party, um, like Mardi Gras party happening all over the mountain, which will be really fun. Um, and, you know, I think it'll be a not so simple, but simple overlay over everything and i see like that final scene where you saw sing zippity doodah together will be like a massive mardi gras party in that cave on your yeah. way back in would be yeah I, and but i'm all i'm all I for it i think as much as we can get away from song of the south and and the problematic elements of that like it there's just nothing great to keep a ride that has you know racist undertones to it um well yes but I, I do hope they leave a little nod to oh, it they somewhere. Will. You know, Disney's good at that. Like when they when they got rid of Tower of Terror and turned it into Mission Breakout, like in the when you're in the office room, which used to be like where you would watch Tower of Terror video and now where it's rocket comes out and yeah. this is a cool thing. There are things left in there from the Tower yeah. Hollywood Tower Hotel that they left in that office room is a little nod to it. So I'm like, if they can just have the giant bear who's tied up, strung upside down, dripping <laughs> in and out of the water, just somewhere still somehow in this ride, I will be <laughs> a very happy person. And I bet things like like in the laughing place, the frogs that are spitting yeah. the water. Keep them. Um, yeah, they're perfect. Keep yeah. it. Keep it. I don't you, know why you wouldn't. So you have to go watch. I'm going to send it to you when we're done here. You have to go watch the America Sings show on YouTube because you see all these exact same characters. They even have like a rabbit that looks just like Br'er Rabbit doing the like railroad pump um, track thing. Like yeah. that was all part of it. When he like bounces and you can see how bad yes. it is. And it's just like on an arm yes. bouncing across. Like, it's, oh gosh. I mean, that ride. It, it's such a trip. I mean, the whole like the laughing place is like if you, I, you know, do not condone doing drugs. But if you were doing drugs and you got in that room, like you would lose your mind. Um, the just because of what it is, like you go down that hill and you're in the laughing place, and it's just this crazy, insane minute of um, psychedelic <laughs> imagineering, but like, so that's going to be like, it's sad to see that that's going to go, but it's also going for really good reasons. And it's time And Disney, I think acknowledged that, especially last summer, um, during the big uptick in the black lives matter movement that needed to happen. And that I think Disney is made the announcement at the right time. I think some people are like, Oh yeah, here's Disney finally like doing something to say they're doing something. But like, no, this was, 
this makes perfect sense. And I think it'll be a great, a great addition to the parks. And frankly, like talk about like, I, I like to, and I think you, you all will get to learn that I compare a lot of universal and Disney and I am full on Disney. Uh-huh. Like, I, my biggest fear is that my kid is going to one day be like, dad, I'm coming out and telling you that I like universal and I hate Disney. And then our relationship's <laughs> going to be over. But, um, you know, like universal, Orlando has that ripsaw, like Dudley Do Right's oh, ripsaw yeah. falls, right? It's a log flume, right? Which is, tr- yeah, the log, fl- it's their version of like Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar. It goes in and out and does all these things, but it is janky. Like that thing, like rusted sides, like not well taken care of. I mean, just freaking janky. And so at least like Disney, and now I will say when you could tell when we were at Disney World that. Splash Mountain is on its way out because they were just, they just did not care. There were animatronics that just were not working. There was like on Br'er Rabbit at one point, his eye was like half shut and not opening. And like, it was like the frog spout things were just off. Like it was like, they just like things are broken and they're like, whatever, we're going to leave this open for people to ride. But it's half broken and we're not. I will. I will say Um, that's something else I learned when I was doing my rabbit, going down the rabbit hole of history of this ride. They said that, um, for the longest time, all of the CEOs, Disney, starting with Walt Disney, they did not want to do a log flume ride at Disney World or, or I'm sorry, at Disneyland because it's kind of known to be a carnival ride and then it's not done very well. Usually it's just kind of like the universal example. And so when Tony Baxter suggested it, he was like, we're going to really blow this out of the park. Like it's going to be a really great yeah. log flume ride. And they did it. And I just... For those they of did. you who don't know who Tony Baxter is, because I I knew the name, I knew he was a famous Imagineer, but I didn't know how famous. He is the mastermind behind Big Thunder Mountain, Star Tours, Indiana Jones, and he did a bunch of the reefers. So he's a he's god. A, he's a god. He has, he's a you god. know he's, he's a, god a god because he has a uh, window above the magic shop with his name on it, on Main Street. The opening mm-hmm. credits. Um... Yeah, did you all know that? Did you know that? That the whole Main oh, yeah. Street, you knew because you worked there. I had to go take a, I had to pay for a tour to learn this. But like the whole Main Street is like yeah. the opening credits at Disneyland. You look in all the windows and it's got everybody's names. But um, what was I going to say? You know, these log flume rides, like, yeah, Disney Disney did it right with Splash Mountain at the time. Like it was, it's, and it's still one of the most popular rides. The line is ridiculously long all the time. They had like Disney World had anniversary yep. merch come out for splash sold out in an instant um you know they so my comparison like until i went to the parks for the first time you know growing up in kansas city we had this little amusement park called worlds of fun (laughs) and i about died the other week because we were watching snl and they did an entire skit about our log (gasps) ride at worlds of fun the viking voyager and i was like what i about spit out half a glass of wine i was about to say a bottle of wine. Have a bottle. Could have a bottle of wine at that point but um I'm like, you're a man with a two-month-old of course wine. it's a bottle of wine i know just put the straw in it call it a day um so i i about spit my wine out when i saw this and they did the viking voyager so then i was like oh i got, wonder if that ride's still even running because that was running when i was a kid so i got on the worlds of fun website and on their youtube page it is still running and they have like a pov of this ride and what we thought as kids was the greatest thing. This literally like makes a loop. 
It like you get in the boat, you go on this like janky like thing that's up on some stilts. I don't know how nobody's <laughs> died. And then it goes up a hill and then down the hill and back to the loading house. And like I we used to think that was really cool. So I, I can imagine why Disney was like, oh, we don't want to do a log film ride. These are dumb. They're like the local park things, but no, they did. He did a great job. Yeah. It's a great ride. And now it's going to like that ride in the concept is going to live on for decades to come, which is totally, totally. My last fun fact is that the park did, yes. of course, was delayed on opening Splash Mountain at Disneyland um, uh, like about eight months, I think, because of all the other kerfuffle I was telling you about. But they opened on July 17th, 1989, which was the 34th anniversary of Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, wow. It took them that long for Splash I know. Mountain. And then they did make one two years later. It opened in 1992 at Disney World, and there's one at Tokyo Disney. And so both the Disneyland and the Disney World ones are are changing to be Princess and the Frog, and there hasn't been an announcement yet about the Tokyo Disney. Hmm. You know, it's funny. I remember we were at Disneyland Paris, and I was like, I wonder if they have a Splash Mountain here. And then I was like, what the hell are you thinking, Adam? Because we were there in <gasps> December no. – and literally the coldest I've ever been in my entire life uh, at a Disney park. It was snowing and miserable the entire time. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is this is why they didn't uh-huh. put Splash Mountain yeah. here. But anyway, love it. Yay. Love it. Love it. Um, I, yeah, it'll be it'll be really cool to see what they do because, you know, they're going to do a yeah, great job on totally. it. Totally. So there you have it. Splash so, Mountain. yeah. So we both have a busy week coming up. Um. My family and I are going, so we live up, as we said, we live up in the Bay Area and throughout this podcast, we'll really also explore all the insane Disney connections across the entire state and give you ideas like weekend road trips, things mm-hmm. to do with your family that are Disney centric, but not at the parks in Anaheim because surprise is actually a lot to do. There's wineries, there's museums, God knows what, all the things we like. So we're actually, um, San Francisco is in the orange tier now. They've reopened a lot more. So that means museums have reopened. And over in San Francisco's Presidio is, which is uh, this beautiful area. It used to be an army base, um, right on the water next to the Golden Gate Bridge. And there is home to the Walt Disney Family Museum. Now, the museum is not open. It's like this whole museum about the history of Walt mm-hmm. Disney and his family and everything in the history of the parks. Um, the museum is not technically open, but what they have opened is a special exhibit that we're going to go check out tomorrow and we'll talk about it soon. Um, Disney and World War II and all the contributions through animation, through entertainment, everything that the Walt Disney Company did to support the efforts during World War II. So I'm really fascinated to go see this. We're also going to hit the gift shop up and get some more Disney merch. They have some really, really <laughs> cool, special, unique stuff at the Walt Disney yes. Family Museum that you can't yeah. get anywhere else. So. I'll get a whole list of all that. And then next weekend, Dana and I are back Yay! in the parks. I can't wait. Well, look, we're going to the ticketed event Touch of Disney at at um, uh, California Adventure. It sounds great. We have a lot of friends who've already gone. Um, it sounds like there's some things that maybe aren't so great. The rides won't be open. It's mostly just kind of a food and wine festival is probably the closest thing I could equate yep. it to. But there's some characters out and entertainment. Um, I'm just photo I'm just happy people, to be there. All the pictures. I know. I can't wait. We're gonna take our son. He's you know he'll be just over two months when we get down there, which I feel like is too old. We should have taken him to the park sooner, but you know pandemic. So 
Uh, we can't wait to get him down there. All the pictures we're going to take, he has multiple outfits to be dressed in while we're there because he'll wear one, spit up, and then we'll change him again. Story of our lives right now. But uh, we can't wait. Eat and drink our way around DCA. Take all the photos. It's cool. The photo pass is included yeah. with your ticket. So you get to download all your pictures that the Disney photographers take, which is rare. They, that's yeah. affordable. Um and yeah, oh, and the other thing I saw the games are open at yes. Pixar Pier. All the carnival games where you can win all those little Pixar prizes down there. So we're gonna have to hit that up. Of course you have to pay more for it, but whatever, it's fine. Disney parks have sort of reopened. We're gonna be there spending all of our money. So I'm sure Dana, you and I will have a lot to talk yes, about next we time. Will. With all that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh we appreciate it, and we'll come back with some more fun facts and Disney history for you next week. Sounds good. All All right. right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Have a great one. Bye.